conspiracy theories, eh? Wait till you get a load of this. Hello, and welcome to Cracked Sisters Conspiracies. We're a podcast that covers conspiracy theories, mysteries, and all of our spooky shit. My name's Jackie. And I'm Cassandra. And we are Sid Sisters. <sighs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> What's up? Nothing. I think I burned my finger on my soup. On <laughs> <laughs> your tortellini soup? My tortellini soup. I'm excited to eat it, but it, it is a hot summer day. So Evan does have a point. I think that's what point. you get for making soup on a 90-something degree day. Yes. Uh, it has been super hot lately. Super hot. Your soup. Super hot, yes. And your engagement party this past weekend was, bro. I was melting. That was was so terrible. And it was, and wasn't that it was just high? It was the humidity. It was. It it, as I was so. James kept saying it's the humidity that gets you. So fucking old. But he was right. I was so damp the whole time. It was disgusting. Yes, and like. I wore a dress with the anticipation that it was going to be hot, but like the material was thicker than I was comfortable mm. with. And yeah, there I was just sweating all over. I had to wipe the seat down. Yeah, that was, that was gross. <laughs> but I also didn't want someone to sit in my ass wet. That's so. nice of you. I at least had shorts on, so. I did not. You were smarter than I was in that regard. But we survived. We did. And we will... Do it all over again, melting at sad Summerfest on yes, Sunday. Yes, to go see Taking Back Sunday. And a bunch of other emo bands yeah. with, with their friend Vickery. So that'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. So what is today's topic? Today's topic is reincarnation. Like you die and then you come back as something. A, mm-hmm. a dog, a flower. Okay. Every time I hear reincarnation, I just... In my brain, I hear what in the tarnation? What in the tarnation? As <laughs> you know, it's been rolling around in my brain. You're gonna come back as like Yosemite Sam or something. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know what? If you could choose what to be reincarnated as, do you have an idea of what you would pick? Probably like a shark. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I 100 percent would not want to be another human. No, that's boring. Been there, done that. Right. And I'm Apex like, Predator, baby. There you go. <laughs> I definitely don't think a second go at human life would be any better. No. So, yeah, you know, I haven't really thought about it. I'm like, I don't want to be plant life because I'm either going to die really fast or I'm going to live far too long. Yeah. And I don't want to be inhabited by other creatures. Yeah, that's why I think like an animal would be probably a good choice. Yeah. But, you know, what type of animal? If you asked me in my younger years, I would probably say something like a dolphin. dolphin. <laughs> but I I mean, I love the water, but I don't know that I'd want to stay in the water. I would probably be reincarnated as my spirit animal, the sloth. Oh, there you go. You know what? Slow moving, living the lazy life. It would actually be a not bad animal to come back as, I think. Sure. But... God forbid I fall out of a tree. I am done. So. <laughs> Just stay low to the ground right. and you'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's get into the whole concept of reincarnation then. All right. So what in tarnation mm-hmm. is also called rebirth. 
And it is the philosophical or religious concept that the non-physical essence of a human being begins a new life in a different physical form after biological death. So once you die, you are now reborn into something else. For many, they believe the soul is immortal and does not disperse after the physical body has perished. The word reincarnation derives from a Latin term that literally means entering the flesh again, which sounds disgusting. That does. That sounds <laughs> a little erotic in a bad way. <laughs> I think of like evil dead. Uh, well, or I, I was think thinking that. parasitic entering Ooh, the flesh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. The belief varies by culture and is envisioned to be in the form of a newly born human being, animal, plant, spirit, or some other non-human realm of existence. Rebirth is a key concept found in major Indian religions and discussed using various terms. It was discussed in the ancient Sanskrit texts of Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. Those specific religions believed reincarnation is cyclical. <laughs> cyclical. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> and endless unless one gains spiritual insight that ends the cycle leading to liberation. That sounds exhausting. Right? So you go through your whole life and if you don't learn what you need to know or reach some sort of spiritual point that you need to reach, you're just doomed to keep doing it over and over until you learn it. And that's when you get to break free and like move on. That literally sounds like hell. I know. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh my God. And yeah, just imagine <laughs> if you just keep coming back as something worse with every reincarnation. Yeah. Then you clearly fucked up and like the yeah. universe and, like, is but who to gets get to you. choose? I don't think that you do. No, no, I'm saying who who does? Oh, I don't know. No one. The universe. The universe. I. I how I, do they make their decisions? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't have the answer. If I could, though, I would want to come back as a ghost and fuck with people, at least in one of those lives. That would be fun. I don't think a ghost counts. Because, well, it said a spirit. Well, technically, a ghost is a person that has passed, but their spirit is stuck here. So they haven't really gone to the other side where they were supposed to go. I feel like I'm probably going to be trapped in some fucking afterlife limbo. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> so the notion of reincarnation also appeared in the Greek pre-Socrates. I said soccer team. And then it made me think of the soccer players at the gym today. And that was weird. Oh, yeah. They were, they were like, I couldn't tell if they were trying to be bodyguards or they were just hovering and staring. And they were there. And that one guy I thought was going to like body check us on the stairs. Right? I'm like, excuse me, sir. We're members here. <laughs> well, I'm not. But <laughs> I mean, you're a member by proxy. But it was weird because they were in the exact same spot 45 minutes later. I know. That, yeah. I mean, they were just staring at us the whole time. It was strange. And I, I did not get a good vibe from the stairs. No, it's I kept like giving them really weird looks. They were not just... checking us out staring. It was No, like, it was just a weird staring. I'm sorry for existing. I'll be reincarnated as something less annoying next time. Like a wallflower. <laughs> So as I was trying to say, the notion of reincarnation also appeared in the Greek pre-Socrates and the Celtic Druids, which I, I don't know what those are, but they sound important. <laughs> so now we're going to go over a couple. I have, I believe, three different real life examples, allegedly, of reincarnation. Oh, interesting. So we're going to start with the Pollock twins. Like Jackson Pollock, P-O-L-L-O-C-K? I-C-K. I-C-K. Pollock. Okay. So in 1946 and 1951, daughters Joanna and Jacqueline were born into a Catholic family in the town of Hexham, England. So not twins. Correct. We're get, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. So right now we're talking about the Pollock. 
oh, family. They, oh, okay. But the story I have titled is called The Pollock. And it's naturally known It'll as make The sense. Pollock Twins. It, yeah. Okay. So uh, Joanna and Jacqueline. The parents were Florence and John Pollock, and they ran a milk delivery business and had four other sons. Fuck, that's a lot of kids. On May 5th, 1957, a little boy named Anthony went to the Pollock's residence and asked to walk to church with Joanna and Jacqueline. Florence and John, the parents, agreed, and the three took off on foot. While they were walking on the sidewalk, a woman named Marjorie Wynn had been driving, and after seeing the children, she purposefully veered off the road, hitting all three children with her vehicle. Marjorie had intentionally overdosed on aspirin and phenobarbitone. Barbiturates? No. Barbital? Barbital. Okay. <laughs> I can't say words. Phenobarbital? Yeah. That one. <laughs> that one? Okay. And she was highly intoxicated while driving. Sounds like Marjorie was having a bad day. So she had, I believe, I don't think I go into it, but she had just gone through a divorce or something and lost her one daughter. So she saw these children and she was angry at these girls in her life. So she's like, fuck it. I'm already trying to kill myself. So she, she, was, she took the medication and to go on a drive. And then she's at, while I'm at it, I might as well kill or try to kill these three poor little children walking down the street. Grief makes people do crazy and often terrible things. Right? So Joanna and Jacqueline both died at the scene, and Anthony died shortly after in the ambulance. Joanna was 11, and Jacqueline was 6. Florence and John mourned the loss of their children, but on October 4th, 1958, Florence gave birth to two twin girls whom they named Jillian and Jennifer. So this is a very fertile family. Good God. <laughs> and like, that's a lot of J names. You're going to run out of options. Technically, Jillian's with a G. So is it Jillian or Gillian? It's not like Gilligan's Island. No. Well, if it's Jennifer, it's Jacqueline, Joanna, Jillian. I would assume it's a J. I would sound. have a hard time keeping track of them. And then, well, now I mean, two are gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not really out to keep track of those two. Uh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a little morbid. So during Florence's pregnancy, John suspected that she was having twins, even though the doctor only detected one heartbeat and there was no family history of twins. John was afraid that the death of Joanna and Jacqueline was a punishment from God for his childhood fascination with reincarnation. He then believed that his twin girls were his dead daughters reincarnated. That is a little awful. Right? And I'm like, I don't know. For him, it brought him peace. No. I think that would be fucking awful. And can you imagine being these twins, being raised with the expectation that you're placing your other children? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's even worse than the air and despair concept. Like, you ever heard of that? That's why we both exist. There's the air and the spare. So there's like... Yeah. <laughs> I'm the spare. So yeah, the firstborn is traditionally the <laughs> oh, first the family in line, heir. The family okay. heir. And then, so you think of um, William and Harry. So William is like the prince. Harry was the backup. So if anything happens to William, then there's at least someone else in the bloodline to take over. So it's it's common to refer to multiple children <laughs> as the heir and the spare. I had never heard of that. Now I'm offended. <laughs> I learned about it from our mother. So, okay. <laughs> Cool, mom. I'll fucking remember that when you're in a nursing home. (laughs) Try to get the spare to take care of you then. (laughs) So both the alive children, Jillian and the past daughter, Joanna, had darker birthmark, the size and shape of a thumbprint on their hips. They had the same birthmark? Mm -hmm. That's weird. So alive Jennifer 
had a, a birthmark on her forehead that resembled a scar that deceased Jacqueline had received from a fall in 1954. That is a little creepy for both instances. When Florence brought down some toys from the attic, both alive girls gravitated toward the past daughter's toys. So Jillian took Joanna's favorite toy and Jennifer took Jacqueline's favorite toy. After the accident, the Pollocks moved away 30 miles from Hexham to Whitley Bay. They did return back to Hexham a few years later, and despite the twins having spent their first few years in Whitley Bay, they were able to identify areas of Hexham, including Joanna and Jacqueline's favorite parks. So they moved away when they were very young, came back a couple years later, so didn't grow up there, but they were able to tell. Known. No, yeah. but they were able to like give specific locations. John later stated that he had been walking with the twins towards St. Mary's Church, and they looked at one another and said, the school we used to go to is up here, and we used to go to the playground that's around the back. See, it's just, I'm going to, like, start considering burning these kids. <laughs> because that's drastic. That would not bring me peace. That would bring me a lot of upset. And I've seen know. too many horror movies to be okay with that's that. That's what I gravitate towards. I feel like nothing good can come of that. <laughs> So per John, the twins had been too small to see the school from where they were standing, and there was also a large wall obstructing their view. Like, how would they know what's on the other side? Mm -hmm. John was on board with the idea of reincarnation very early, but Florence was a strict Catholic, and she did not believe. However, she was starting to have doubts based on all of these experiences with the girls. It is a little coincidental. I'll give her that. She once found Jennifer was lying on the floor with her head being cradled in Jillian's lap. And she heard Jennifer say, the blood's coming out of your eyes. This is where the car hit you. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the shit I've ever heard. So as a Catholic mother, I'm like, you have the priest on speed dial, right? Because I feel like there is no exorcism in this story. No, maybe there should have been. <laughs> Uh, so the twins also liked the same clothing and songs as the past girls. They were able to identify friends and neighbors that they have never met. And the older twin looked after the younger one the same way that Jennifer, the older one, looked after younger Jacqueline. Which is normal for an older, I mean, younger relationship. Yeah. If you're, as twins. I'm, what? It's what? A minute? A, a couple minutes? Exactly. But I, from the few twins that I actually know quite a lot of twins in high school but from the ones that i know whoever has like a minute or two edge they, they use that they lord that over yes. the other one okay that's that's a thing the twins also suffered from a phobia of cars and they would have reoccurring nightmares of being hit by a car and if they were around cars on the road they would yell out something like the car it's coming for us a professor of psychiatry from the University of Virginia School of Medicine, Dr. Ian Stevenson, studied the twins' case, and they were later put in his book titled Children Who Remember Previous Lives, A Question of Reincarnation. There's a whole book, okay. Yeah, so we talk about him a little bit later. He's like the founding father of, of reincarnation. So obviously, when it comes to this story, skeptics argued that the parents planted memories in the twins, either consciously or unconsciously. They maintained that they never openly discussed their deceased daughters in front of the twins, but it was possible that they referenced specific events in passing and the twins just absorbed the information. Like from context clue. Like, yeah, I don't know that that's something that I would openly talk about, but I, I don't know either. I don't know. There were also four other older boys who could have told stories or provided information to the twins. Brothers. And, or and, and you know, innocently. 
I was going to say, brothers are notoriously assholes from yeah. what I hear. Not that we have any experience. That's yeah, true. But. And then outsiders also stated that Florence and John were grieving and they found comfort in the idea that their deceased daughter had returned to them. That's kind of where I was going. For this specific story, I personally believe that they were going through a very hard time. It seemed that they conceived not too far after the accident. And sure. like, like John was always very into reincarnation. I think that something that they built up in their head and unconsciously they were giving them information without realizing it right and then just kind of projecting that grief and all of that onto mm -hmm. their kids and trying to make them fill that hole yeah which which is very sad it but is it's sad for them it's sad for the kids yeah, it's sad for everybody involved yeah. So that's their story. But that, I mean, that is a little, that one's interesting. It's suspicious. Suspicious. So now we're going to talk about the Titanic boy. The Titanic boy. I named these ones. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't tell. I, I couldn't tell. Who knows? So there was a little boy named Jamie. He was terrified of water and he would scream if he had to go into a large body of water, even a pool. When he was about three or four, he started talking about seeing his mom riding her blue bike down the street. He said he looked down and saw her through the window. His mom confirmed that she did used to ride a blue bicycle, but that was when she was approximately five years old. Is he on the Titanic right now? When you say he's looking down through the window. We're just in a normal conversation of everyday life. I'm trying to orient myself. It, it, it becomes a little bit more clear in a second. Okay. She did not have any pictures of her on this bicycle. And she asked Jamie how he knew about the bike. Jamie said he used to watch her from the windows in heaven. That's weird. That's just... I can't... I'm trying to picture what windows in heaven would look like. And it, it doesn't sound great. I don't know that I've ever thought that windows in heaven existed. Apparently they do, according to Jamie. So yeah. when he <laughs> was around four years old, he started having night terrors. He would start running around the house, looking panic and seemingly looking for a way out. One night when Jamie was four, he was left with a babysitter and he accidentally watched the last half of the movie, The Titanic. The next day, oh. he started drawing pictures of the Titanic, like 150 hand-drawn pictures. They were very intricate and showed every single window, level of the ship, where the fire extinguishers are, where the buoys are. This is a four-year-old? Yeah. He's roughly four or five. But still, okay. Yes. He was specifically upset over, you will probably know this because I have only seen it once, <laughs> over the movie depicting the people in the boiler room as having died first. Yeah, they get fucked. His mother explained it came off as if Jamie believed it was his fault that those people were trapped. Oh. Jamie was obsessed with the Titanic and would talk about it constantly. He mentioned that there were many mistakes and that it crashing never should have happened in the first place. So my, okay, no, keep going. I'll save my commentary okay. for the end. <laughs> when Jamie was five years old, he told his mom about the mistakes that had been made while the Titanic was being built, specifically that they used iron instead of using steel. His mother did believe in reincarnation and thought it was very possible that Jamie had been somehow involved in the Titanic in a past life. His mom studied the Titanic religiously and was trying to figure out who Jamie could have been. After some research, she found it was possible that Jamie had been one of the designers or architects of the Titanic named Thomas Andrews. The night the Titanic sunk, he chose not to get on a lifeboat and he died in, in real life. Mm -hmm. Thomas Andrews wanted to use steel in his original design, but was told he couldn't and therefore was made to use iron instead. 
In 2000, his mother took him to see the Titanic exhibit in Chicago, hoping that it would bring an end to Jamie's night terrors. But after seeing the exhibit, Jamie's nightmares got worse. His mom heard a rhythmic banging (laughs) coming from his room. And when she ran into the room, she found Jamie standing, staring at the floor, and he was almost convulsing because he was shaking so hard. Jamie then screamed, she is going down! (laughs) (laughs) Yelling timber! (laughs) After that night, Jamie slowly stopped talking about the Titanic. Mm. This story was highlighted on an episode of The Ghost Inside My Child. So my hot take, just from the description, because I think my entire family is likely on the spectrum of some sort. (laughs) And so that's where my initial thought went to, like the hyper focus on this particular subject. And it kind of encompasses his thoughts and the fact that he's like obsessing over it and drilling down Mm -hmm. on it, especially from a young age where that's just the thing. Like that could be a a potential. And again, I think this is a situation in which the parent believes in reincarnation to begin with. projection of that. Your kid is, I mean, we're all obsessed with shit at some point in our lives. That's Your kid chose the Titanic after seeing a movie. Uh And yeah, the like I'll I'll post pictures of the drawing on Instagram when this episode airs. Like they're very intricate. I will give him that. And she said, obviously he hasn't researched because he's four. So it's not like he can look it up online and draw from that. It seemed as if he was drawing from memory. So it's like he saw the movie and if he has that photographic memory and or the artistic yeah. like, savant ability. I so mean, it's a great speak. picture for a fucking four-year-old. <sighs> I mean. So, yeah, I think you couple those two things together. And she's actively feeding into this. She's researching oh, sure. the Titanic. She's trying to figure out who he could be. She tells him, I think this is you. And in this weird episode, I don't know what fucking, this is like a TLC special or something. But on this episode that I watched... It has him in real life. So he's like in his 20s or something, maybe like 18s or something. And he's like, yeah, I want to be an architect just like Anderson or whatever the fuck his name is. And I'm like, your mom, I think, has just so inadvertently put this in your brain for all of these years that you also believe it. So therefore, you're going to do more things that would prove it. And I'm like, I'm fairly certain that a character in the movie is the the builder, the architect of the Titanic as well. So I'm like... I feel like a lot of it's just pulled from his source material. And yeah, it's just the combination of, like you said, the mom feeding into that Mm -hmm. and just kind of facilitating all of that. And the show was very popular, but there's no last names. The mom's name's not in there. It's only the name Jamie and a rough estimate of his age. So I'm like, if you're going to go on some documentary type show why wouldn't you say your name More conclusive information exactly and you can't you can't find anything on this specific case outside of that show got it so the last one we're going to talk about is barbo carlin that is her name her name is barbo not barbie b-a-r-b-r-o barbro barbro that's unfortunate so barbro <laughs> I agree. Was born on May 24th, 1954 in Sweden. So it might be a Swedish name. She was a writer and her first book was published when she was 12 years old. Oh my God. It was a book of poetry. But still, on top of being a writer and having written and published nine other volumes of poetry. What? She worked as a mounted police officer when she was older. So throughout her years, she wrote nine other volumes of poetry. Was it sad poetry? Was she like a tortured soul? I didn't read it. I don't know. (laughs) 
She suffered from nightmares since she was a young child and she was about two or three years old when her parents started noticing that she kept saying, my name's not Barbara, it's actually Anne. That's probably because she's like, Barbara is a fucking stupid ass <laughs> I name. I would fucking say that too. Why did you name me that? <laughs> I choose to be Anne. <laughs> so her parents just assumed she was being a kid and she continued to have nightmares and insist that her name was Anne and that her parents were not really her parents. She would insist over the years that her real father would come and get her. When she was six years old, her parents started to worry that there was maybe something wrong with her mind. Like, that's a little devastating from a parent's perspective. Yeah. So they took her to see a psychiatrist. Okay. That's a, you know, smart move. (laughs) So at this point, again, being around six years old, she was old enough to realize that no one believed her. And she specifically didn't say anything to the psychiatrist because she didn't want to be taken away from the second set of parents. Too smart for her own good. The psychiatrist then relayed to her parents that she was a normal, happy child and just living in a dream world. See, if that psychiatrist was worth her salt, she might have known that clearly the child is with her. You got outsmarted by a fucking six-year-old lady. Or man, I guess. Person. At age seven, Barbara attended school, and that was where she learned to read and write. At seven? Is that that's late, right? That's she's behind the curve. But this is also the fifties in Sweden. Maybe it's oh, a little okay. different. I don't know. My Grayson was writing little short stories by I would say kindergarten because huh. yeah, she. I mean, they they weren't elaborate. Say Grayson hasn't published a book now, has she? She has not, but she <laughs> has made her own comic book. Oh, so. there you go. <laughs> uh, she secretly started to write down her memories, but would throw them away afterwards so no one could find them. So by the time she was 11, she started to question where we as humans come from and where we go when we die, as well as reincarnation. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with Those this? are like existential thoughts that I don't even, well, I mean, I do now because I- I feel like she's Benjamin Button. Like she was born <laughs> an old woman oh, genius and, the, and then, you know, she'll get dumber as she gets older. Oh no. That's, I mean, the mental load for such a small child. Right? That's awful. So her parents took her on a trip to Europe when she was about 10 or 11 years old. And when they hit Amsterdam, her parents wanted to make sure that they took in all the popular sites, including the house of one Anne Frank. Oh, I remember seeing that in The Fault in Our Stars. They took a trip there to go. Gay. Uh, yeah. I, I refuse to. I don't like that actress. Uh, oh, I, I know she's like from her. See Me. Is she really? Mm-hmm. That's she's a bitch. Yeah. I used to watch the show. Uh, I've never met her, but I watched the show uh, Secret Life the of C- the American, oh, American Teenager. Yeah. God, I fucking hate her in that show. She was so annoying. She was in the Divergent movie. Shane. What's her Shana name? Shayne No, Shayne Woodley. Yeah, that one. I just remember reading something like she doesn't use deodorant or whatever that's, i mean that's a thing whatever but she also likes to take in the sun and sun her vagine because it needs vitamin d and i'm like a different kind of vitamin d, d. <laughs> but like, she was also like a teenager when she was saying that so then i'm like yeah, i feel weird i just don't like her face i don't like her period so <laughs> there you go i agree so while in Amsterdam, Barbo's parents hailed a cab to which Barbo, <laughs> such a stupid name, sorry, told them no need because she knew exactly where they were going and how to get to the house and in a country that she had never been in, right? So her parents are like, let's see what happens. So she led her family on foot to Anne Frank's house. 
Upon entering the house, Barbo was terrified. She was fearful and recognized these feelings as the ones she had many times in her nightmares. Her hands were shaking. Oh my God, Anne, I am so fucking stupid. Why do you think I like pause, dramatic effect, and Frank's house? I didn't put one and two together. <laughs> I am so stupid. I was, I was gonna say that's kind of a lackluster reaction, but okay. It was maybe you saw it coming. Oh, so delayed. <laughs> So her hands were shaking and she was <laughs> pale and clammy. Her mom thought she was getting sick and tried to take her out of the house, but Barbo insisted on saying and seeing it all. While looking through the house, she pointed at a blank wall and yelled, look, the pictures are still there. Barbo's mom did not see any pictures. And she asked one of the workers if there had been pictures in that spot. The worker said, yes, there had been, but people were trying to steal them. So they took them down. Barbo's mother finally believed her, but her father did not. Barbo, at some point, met a cousin of Anne Frank's, Buddy Elias, who is the last living relative of Anne Frank. Uh So like a real guy when when she was older. Got it. Buddy had heard about Barbo and wanted to meet the person claiming to be Anne Frank. He invited her over for dinner. And when Barbo showed up, they looked at each other for the first time. They hugged one another and instantly started to cry. Interesting. The two talked for hours, and Barbo learned that Buddy was the president of the Anne Franks Foundation. During a newspaper interview, Buddy was later asked if he believed Barbo was the reincarnation of Anne Frank, to which he replied yes. And he got a lot of shit for that because he's literally the founder of this Anne Frank historical foundation, and he is publicly stating that he believes that this woman is the reincarnation of Anne Frank. Like, that's a big deal for him to go out yes. and back that. Mm-hmm. So. I'm still reeling from the <laughs> fact that... I can't believe you didn't get that when I literally said Anne Frank's house. <laughs> I am so dumb sometimes. <laughs> I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> so that one, I don't really have any... Because uh, I don't really have any re- rebuts because the diary of Anne Frank had been published a couple years prior okay. to like her being young but it was not translated in swedish so it was not widely available in sweden and she was two or three so it's not like she would have read it anyways nor were her parents probably read it to her i'm like the thing that i was like Mm -hmm. was how did she know how to get to the house because it's not like Anne was coming and going like she was like living up in the attic but she lived in that house for 12 ish years it was their house for some reason i had in my mind that it was someone else's house that they were living in the attic of but it may have been a or like neighbor's house okay but i'm like otherwise yeah because she Anne was what like 12 or 13 yeah she was young but I would be hard-pressed to find my way out of a paper bag at that age, let alone navigate yeah. home. What? But I'm directionally challenged. She's probably a lot sharper than I, or was a lot sharper than yeah. I am. That one is... That more, one I thought was very convincing. That one's more compelling yeah. than the others. The others were interesting on the surface, but once you kind of, you know, dug a little yeah. bit, you're like, eh, let's poke some holes. Oh. So now, uh, lastly, we're going to talk, it's not a story, but about Dr. Ian, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Ian Stevenson. So as previously mentioned, he was a psychiatrist in 1957, and he had been named chair of psychiatry at the University of Virginia. In 1968, a guy named Chester Carlson, who was the wealthy inventor of Xerox, had been introduced to Stevenson's reincarnation beliefs by his spiritual wife. 
Carlson's wife died of a heart attack and left millions of dollars to the University of Virginia with the condition that it be used to fund Stevenson's research about reincarnation. Oh, wow. So she was really on board with the concept. Yeah. The money allowed Stevenson to devote himself full-time to the study of reincarnation for over 40 years. Wow. 40? 40. I mean, this was the 50s, and he was given millions of dollars. Wow. He specialized in studying children's memories of previous lives. He had approximately 3,000 past life case reports from all over the world. Interesting. More times than not, Stevenson was able to find a real dead person based on the descriptions or statements given by these children. In 1997, Stevenson published a 2,268-page, two-volume work called Reincarnation and Biology. In his book, many of the subjects had unusual birthmarks or birth defects such as finger deformities, underdeveloped ears, or being born without lower legs. Children also had scar-like birthmarks and port wine stains, moles in areas you almost never find moles, and other physical marks that were directly correlated with some traumatic injury from the believed past life. So if you're Cassie from 20... 100 years ago 100 years ago <laughs> and you got shot in the eye or like or the like a scar right under the eye your reincarnation Might child have like would have a birthmark or if you got your leg blown off this reincarnation would have a birth defect on their leg or something like that that is a little sus Stevenson believed there was only a brief window of time between the ages of about two and five in which children could retain the details of their past lives. And normally something bad had to happen in order to jar the child's memory in the first place. He also believed that past lives may be common, but only a small percentage of children retained any memories of their past lives, about one in every 500 children. And that was basically it. Wow. Okay. So overall, what is your feeling on the the concept? I don't personally believe in reincarnation. Like I said, mo- two out of three of the stories I believed are whether intentionally or unintentionally something that were projected onto kids from parents. And mm-hmm. that's no one's fault unless it's intentional. But I don't necessarily think that. I don't even know if there's an afterlife. Like well, I said, we take an agnostic point on that, life. That's exactly right. So, I mean, anything's possible. Do I have proof of anything? No. But just based on my research, like, yeah, this guy spent 40 years of his life with 3,000 cases. That is pretty specific and interesting, especially since it's all over the world. Mm. But I'm not totally sold. Yeah. So, I would say, what was what's our crack to scale rating? I don't know. The definitely deniable but perfectly plausible or whatever. Some, yeah, something like that. I go one below that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say it's certifiably cracked. So yeah, in between those I mean, two. My, my personal view, that's, like you said, I take the agnostic route. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't personally think that that's what it is. But I, I try to keep an open mind and recognize that people do believe and have mm-hmm. a higher spiritual belief yep. than I do. But yeah, not my thing, but very interesting. It, it really is. And the Anne Frank one, like I said, it's, that it's one. like very well known. It's a popular story, especially with Buddy basically vouching for her. That no, that one was very strange. You look like you're I have the sun directly in my eyes. Oh, oh my it's glowing <laughs> on the camera. You look like you're being taken to the afterlife. Just- <laughs> I mean, I do find it interesting, though, that based on his research, the doctor, 
that children only have that brief window. Because in all the stories, it's from ages two to six is when they are insisting that there's someone else or insisting that something is wrong. And then as they get older, it slowly fades for each one of them. And that seems to correlate with traditional childhood memory retention Mm -hmm. because most people don't remember their life before five (laughs) or six. I have a couple of core memories Uh that I have for very specific reasons, but as a whole, that is true. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of my existence prior to, yeah, like the elementary school age. Yeah, I would agree. So that was very interesting. Yeah, I thought so. And kind of like a little bit of a different avenue to explore when i told alex he's like oh you're going religious i go i I guess he goes used to do monks i'm like what about them he's like i don't know i would say more spiritual than religious yeah i agree yeah so what do you think you were going to cover next week so we were kind of doing a quick look at the the topic at hand and it was a requested topic from a family friend johnny johnny requested that we look into the dancing plague yes and that just in the quick little <laughs> summary that looked hilarious <laughs> that looks weird as fuck apparently just quick cliffs notes it took place in the early 1500s france uh why we come from france we come from france Coneheads. we'll have to dive into the what and the why but a couple of people were afflicted with just dancing constantly which happens to me when i drink uh, it does not happen to me with heat <laughs> exhaustion, which is one of the oh, yes. potential things. I'm like, was it a brain parasite? I don't know. We, Stay tuned next week and we find out. We'll take a deep dive. On yeah, I think that'll episode. be fun. Our podcast isn't specifically for conspiracies. No, it's, it's for mysteries, weird ass shit, yeah. spooky shit. So I like that we're kind of expanding our options. But yeah, so that will be our next foray all right so if you guys want to reach us we have a patreon it's patreon.com forward slash cracked sisters conspiracies you can donate a dollar three or five see some content watch our videos that we record even though you cannot physically see me in this video right now being taken to the afterlife i'm being beamed away we have an instagram that we post on weekly that lets you know where our episodes are that is of the same name cracked sisters conspiracies you can send us direct messages and tell us that you know you want us to cover a certain topic or give us feedback but nice feedback we also have an email CrackedSistersConspiracies at gmail.com. No one ever uses it, but if you wanted to send us something on there, you are more than welcome to. Yeah, and in advance of this, because this is going to be weeks after when it's actually posted, but there was notification of some technical difficulties, which by this point we are honing in and resolving. Our microphone was glitchy in a couple of the episodes, and we we didn't catch it until a little bit later. And so we think it's just due to some outdated technology. So we are working to resolve that actively and hopefully it won't be an ongoing hopefully by the time issue. this comes out you'll be like i don't know what you're talking about you guys Everything sound perfect great but yeah. uh, with that i'm gonna say stay cracked y'all and have a great day